Matthew 6, verses 19 to 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one or he will love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to keep them open and have a look at those. And thank you, worship team and guys for leading us. And uh, just echo that really warm welcome to you guys and thanks for connecting with us uh, um, online. Um, as Jim um, correctly said, is that we are returning to our, our morning series looking at the Sermon on the Mount, or we've called it the Jesus way. It's the way that Jesus calls us to follow him. If we are to, to encounter all that God has in store and the way that God planned life, it is Jesus sets it out on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And uh, we're, we're just unpacking that. We've done half of it already. And today, in the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, finishing off um, looking at what this sermon is all ab about. Now, before we dive in, um, there are three words that we need to keep reminding ourselves and applying as, as we look at these teachings of Jesus. Uh, these words came up when we looked right at the beginning of the sermon um, in Matthew 5. And the first word is this, it's blessing. We need to understand that, that the Jesus way is one of blessing, that the, the heart of God isn't one that wants to bring judgment or condemnation or even a bunch of rules. The heart of God is that he wants to bring blessing. He wants us to know that, that he's with us, that he brings comfort, that he brings wisdom, that he brings peace, 
This is the heart of God for you and for me. Is That's what he wants to do. He wants to bring blessing. But I said three words because it's not just blessing. It's not we just get on and do what we want and we'll get God's blessing. It's actually about following the Jesus way. And one word is blessing. The next word is thinking. Because right at the beginning, Matthew 5, Jesus talks about blessed are the poor in in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to change the way we think, to be transformed and renewed in the way that we think. Because Jesus' way is not just a, a new set of laws as in follow this and do the checklist. It's about walking in the way and and thinking as God thinks, because the way we think impacts the way we live, which is the third word, living. The three words we need to keep applying is God's heart is blessing. Jesus is wanting us to, to be transformed in the way we think, and then for that to unfold in the way that we live. For when we follow that path, we encounter more of God's blessing. Those three words are really key when we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Now, um, if you've joined us for the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, you'll know that Jesus has already covered a number of topics. If you've missed it, catch up on YouTube or our podcast. Um, But today we we hit one of the, the, the biggest challenges in all of our lives, in your life and in my life. The, the biggest challenge to whose way do we follow? And that issue is that of money. Now, whether you got loads and loads of money or no money or, or in the middle there, um, the Bible actually says a lot. In, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible refers and talks to money a huge amount. If you look at Jesus' teaching, two-thirds of Jesus' parables were on money and stuff and, and our attitude and how we deal with it. Because Jesus knew that the biggest competitor to our hearts and our lives of following God is actually money. If you have your Bibles, you can check out in the reading that Sarah read just a few moments ago. Verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, see, Jesus knew that the number one competitor for your devotion is money. It's not the devil. Most of us don't sit, I hope none of us sit at home going, should I devote myself to following God or the devil? Now, if you're having that conversation, we need to talk, okay? Uh, but, but most of us actually, you probably go, well, Mark, I don't sit at home going, do I follow God or follow money? But actually, actually, I think a lot of us can find that that is what our focus of our devotion is. Now, we don't call it that. It, it, it sort of happens in a, in a number of ways. For some of us, it's about consuming. And for others of us, it's about hoarding. So let me unpack this a little bit. So some it's consuming, as in whenever money comes your way, you immediately think, I can buy. If I buy something more, then it will make me happy. It will make me content. It, it, will, bring me, it will bring me more just life fulfillment. And so we consume. We consume to get a bigger house, a bigger car, more clothes, the latest gadgets. And and our whole life is sort of geared towards, if I get more stuff, then I will be happier. I mean, this is the thing that fuels consumer debt. It is, well, if I only had that, then I would be happy. And what happens is, is what takes that center place in our life of our devotion, of our hope, is money. Because if I get money, then I'll be happier. But some of us actually getting stuff, buying stuff, isn't our motivator. It's more of, of 
put the word hoarding in there. See, with hoarding, it's more that, that we're, f- we're fearful of, well, what happens, if, what happens if I lose my job? You know, with the coronavirus thing happening and the economy crashing and you're going, what happens if I lose my job and how will I afford to pay my mortgage or my rent? How will I afford to eat, feed the kids? How will I be able to do any of that? And what about retirement? Uh, you know, apparently you've got to start saving for your pension when you're like two years old to have enough money. And how much is enough? And, and, and we worry about that. So, so what happens is our mind begins to think, but if I had enough money in the bank, in the this savings part, in this place, then I will be content. If I have enough savings, then I'll be all right. And these are the two things that that can so easily displace God being at the center, is money does. Money becomes that central place. Now, we don't often use the word consuming and and hoarding. We, We talk about something else. We talk about people are either spenders or savers. That's what most of us are. I mean, you are, I am, um, Jim and Sarah and everyone here, you are probably, either, well, you are either a spender or a saver. Now, there's nothing wrong with those. Because uh, um, spenders, you, you want to buy stuff. And, and savers, are, you know, since God saves, clearly that's closer to godliness. And, and I'm just going to put that up. <laughs> I'm hearing you sing all around me. Uh, and um, that's, it's biblical, come on up. <laughs> but the, the truth is, neither are wrong. Spending stuff isn't wrong and saving isn't wrong. But but they both can fall into the, the trap of what Jesus is talking about in our reading. Is money and our view of money can take that center place of our devotion, of our hope. Whether you're a spender or a saver, a consumer or a hoarder, what you do is you say, when money comes my way, it is we then invest it in buying more things. Or we invest it in savings and then I'll be more safe. And, and, and what happens is, is it displaces Jesus from being center. And Jesus says, you've got to understand the biggest competitor of your heart, the biggest competitor of do I follow my way or God's way is actually money. That's the biggest competitor. And, and how, do we, how do we stop that? How do we ensure that, that our hope doesn't get displaced from God onto money? What, what do we do? J- Jesus actually tells us really clearly and it's, it's actually not a prayer. It's not, it's not even a financial decision. It's a heart decision. It's actually a devotion decision. And it's this. Do you believe? Will you follow? Will you think? Will you live God first? Will you say, I'll put God first? If you deliberately get into the habit of whenever you face a situation, whenever money comes your way, whether it's your monthly salary or a windfall or a gift, whatever it is, if you say, I am going to put God first. See, what that does is it breaks that power of money taking that center position, of money becoming our master, of being owned by our possessions. If we say, God first. See, because God knows That if we can train ourselves to think God first, especially when it comes to money, what happens is he's got our hearts. In in verse 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's what we do immediately if you say, I'm going to honor God first. That actually secures us and helps us to put God first. 
So what does that look like in a practical sense? In our every day, in our Monday when you go to work tomorrow or you stay at home and do work tomorrow? What does that mean? How do I say God first when it comes to money? A, a really simple biblical model is this. It, it's give, save, spend. Give, save, spend. So whenever money comes your way, is your first response is, God, I want to give you a proportion of this. I want to I wanna honor you, and I'm going to say, God, I want to honor you first. God first. And when we do this, what it just says, it's a declaration to ourselves. It's a declaration to say, God, you are the one who takes that center space and not me. See, many of us, we get a little bit uncomfortable with money and with God and stuff. And especially when a minister is talking about it, you're thinking, the church just wants my money. God just wants my money. And actually, no, God wants our hearts. When we give first, when we say God first, and we say, I give, what it does is it begins to break that, that hold that, that money has, that greed has, that me first takes that center space. Is we give God first. Then you save. So you, you give a proportion, and then you save. What is saving? Saving is a biblical thing. Actually, it's a really good thing to do. Because sometimes... Bad things happen. Your washing machine blows up. Your car breaks down. Different challenges happen. And when you begin to put savings in place, when that difficult day comes is you have a little bit of security. Now, now this, the, the hoarders and the savers are going, yeah, but how much is enough? Just do a proportion. Do a proportion. What happens if we don't have enough? Well, that's where your trusting God is. Because it's about trusting God. Remember, we're saying, God first, God, I want to follow you. I want to trust you. And saving a proportion of our money is a really key thing because it helps us when those bumps come along the road financially, but it also says, God, I'm entrusting you with that and I'm trusting you with my future and the unknown. We're called to give, we're called to save, and then live. Live on the rest. Yes, live wisely, but live. You're allowed to live. God wants you to live. Money is a tool that helps us live. In our reading, it talks about not, not storing up treasures on earth where things can, be, can get torn away and thieves can come, but being generous towards God. There's a couple of verses in there. It talks about if your eyes are bad and, and if your eyes are good. Uh, and what Jesus is talking about there, it's actually about generosity and stinginess. It's, it's good and healthy. Is when, we, when we look at things with, a, with an open heart, God, I want to be generous towards you. That brings light and health and happiness. Basically, Jesus was pointing towards. And when we go stingy, well, I don't want to give God. I want to do me first. What happens is, is darkness comes, is that, that our perspective gets narrowed. Now, this, this little model of giving, saving, spending is something that my wife Kathy and I have been, done, have been doing from, from very young age. It's what we've taught our, our daughters as well from a very young age. Is whenever, you, whenever you get money, it is to break it in those three areas that you give, you save, and then you spend. Now, the reason we're doing this isn't because we're trying to teach our kids, God wants your money. What we're saying to our kids is we don't want you to be ruled by money. We don't want your, you to be owned by your possessions. I don't want you to be mastered by money. I don't want you to be sort of burdened by consumer debt, trying to chase more and more, trying to find that contentment. Jesus says the number one challenge to our devotion is money. So if we put money in its place and say God first and then money comes second or third, it comes after that, what it does is it helps us to follow the Jesus way. 
Now, how much should you give? How much should be give in, in the giving and how much should be in the saving and how much is in the spending? Uh, a really good starting point is, is a 10% to God, is a tithe. Now, you can give more. The Bible says the basic is 10, a tithe, but to give more. But 10 is a good starting point. 10% in your savings and then 80% to live on. It's a really good guideline. Again, it's not because God wants your money. It's because God wants your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. So I want to encourage you to, to, to think that, that biblical way of God first. But that's only part of what Jesus is saying here. That's true in what Jesus is saying in our reading. But he goes on a little bit further. Let's go back to that verse, um, verse 24, where Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. You can't have two rulers because you're either going to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other because you can't serve God and money. So how do you know what you're devoted to? Am I devoted? Are you devoted to money or to God? The, the way you work that out is, first of all, look at where you spend your money. You know, are you following that, that, that give, save, spend rule? Do, is there a model that says, if I look at my bank, you can see that actually I honor God first, and then I save, and then I spend wisely. So that's a practical way. But Jesus says something else. It's not just where you spend, spend your money, but look at what you're worrying about. Look at what you're worrying about. Jesus says in verse 25 and then again in verse 31. He says, don't, don't worry and don't, don't say, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? He said the Jesus way is, is not one known for worry. Worry isn't a common denominator around the Jesus way. In, in fact, Jesus goes a bit further than that. He says, if you are investing your time, if, if at night you're worrying about, um, well, how am I going to afford this? How, what happens when the car breaks down? Um, how am I going to get to my kids through university? Or how, what about my pension? If you are worrying about money, 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 G Jesus says in verse 32, he said, he said you're, you're living as though there is no God. Because the pagans chase after that. He says, if worry is the thing that dominates. Now, he's not saying these things aren't important. They are important. It's right and wise to plan for our future and, and, and to, to plan for our, our own pensions and, and, all that, and all those things. It's really important to do that. But if we are dominated by worry, Jesus says, it's quite strong. He says, you're acting like pagans as though God doesn't exist. And it's really important because if, if, if we live as though God doesn't exist, if we live as though, you know, well, God doesn't know that my car is going to break down. God doesn't know that I have bills coming in. God doesn't know that, that I, I need this and need that. If we live as though God doesn't know, then we're missing the very heart of God. Because you read the rest of the verse 32. It says, you know, the pagans chase after those things. Of then, when I get enough, then I'll be content. It says, but your heavenly Father knows what you need and will provide. See, there's a really significant question and a decision that we need to make. It's a decision that will impact all that we do. And it's this, do you believe that God knows what you need? Do you believe that God knows and cares with what you need? See, because if you're going, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, what you do is you live life and you occasionally call God in. If you said, do you know what? I know that God knows what I need. Then you could know that God's here already. 
I'm not saying, where's God? Will you step in? Is I know that God knows and I'm walking with him. It's a really, it's actually a yes or no question. Do you believe that God knows and cares of your financial situation? Do you? Do you believe, yes or no? That God knows that you need to pay bills. That he knows that the coronavirus pandemic has has made jobs much more wobbly. Do you think God knows that you still have to pay your rent or your mortgage? Do you think God knows? Because if your answer is, I don't know if he knows, then worry and money will take center space because that's where your hope will be in. That's where your your devotion will be in. That's where your efforts and your energy will go in there because that's where your security is found. If, however, you're saying, no, I know that God knows. I know that God cares. If your answer is yes, then that changes everything because it puts all of the responsibility, all of our trust, all of our devotion on the one who knows and can change things. Do we say yes or no. Now, if it's yes, it does change things, but, but I'm going to be really honest, it's tough because it's a repeated thing you need to do again and again. And what, does it, what is this thing you need to do? Jesus says in verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways. So let me just break that down. Seek first is we need to reorder our lives to put God first. This is really significant. If we believe that God can change anything, the way that is is saying God first and I need to reorder my life in a way that says, God, I'm honoring you first. That's why I talked about a few minutes earlier about our first thing we do with money is I give a proportion to God. It's saying, God, I honor you first. I remember speaking to a lady a few years ago about this and she said, Mark, the problem is, is my giving keeps making me go overdrawn. And, and I, I said, I said, I have an idea. Why don't you give God first and then all your spending is the thing that makes you overdrawn? It's my pastor heart just overflowing there for you. But, but actually there, there was a thinking thing. Remember those three words of blessing, thinking, and living? God actually wants to bring blessing, but we need to think differently, to think God first and allow that to impact how we live. See, for when we do that, when we seek God first, when we deliberately order our lives, order our our budgets, order our bank balance, order our priorities, God, I want to put your kingdom, your ways, the Jesus way first. Jesus says, and then all these things, what things, the things we're worrying about will come into place. I know that some of us are going, do you know what, Mark? I, I really want to do this. I, I want to put God first. I want to honor God first. I want to give him money for us to say, that when I, my salary comes in, to say, God, I honor you first. And, and you really are going, I genuinely want to do this, but I just can't afford to do that. I just don't have money. Maybe I'm in, I got a lot of debt that I'm, I'm, I'm jiggling and juggling around and, and I just don't have that, that flexibility. For some of us, you're actually going, I really want to honor God with a percentage, but that's a lot of money. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if I, if, I, if I can trust God that much. I, I want to encourage you. Let's come back to what Jesus says, is to seek first his kingdom. If we want to encounter that full blessing of God, to take away that, that, that pressure of worry, because the Jesus way is not a way of worry. It's a way of life, a way to find life. It's about making that decision in our head first. Jesus, I want to choose to honor you first. 
And for some of us, that may mean we have to ask for help. We need to go, do you know what? My, my finances are a mess and I need some help. And I want you to reach out, contact us. We can direct you to some places to help you. We can't sort out all your debt, but what we can do is to help you put some things in place that will get you on that road to say, God, I honor you first. But your first step is to say, I want to do it, God. For others of us, is actually we need to jiggle how we spend. Because the truth is we spend a heck of a lot on stuff that, if we're honest, we don't really need. Maybe we need to cut back on some of our consumerism to say, God first. And for other of us, as savers, we might just need to bite that bullet and go, God, I want to invest in heaven where, where moth and rust and thieves and start market crashes cannot steal it. I want to trust in you. There's a verse in the Old Testament, Malachi 3, verse 10, where God says, bring the whole tithe, that whole gift into the storehouse, into my temple. Test me on this and see if I do not open the floodgates of heaven and pour blessing on you. This is not a case of give God a tenner and he'll give you a hundred quid back. It's not that. What it is, is where is your heart devotion. Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. The biggest competitor from my heart and your heart is actually, do we put our hope in money or God? See, when we put God first, when we seek his kingdom first, when we say, God, I'm going to order my life, start just, not just thinking, but doing it, what happens is we find that we are opening ourselves up to the full blessing of God that you don't have to be a person who's worrying all the time. It's not worrying as an all go away. It's saying, I don't worry because I know that God knows and I know that God has under control and I know that God leads my way. It starts with that decision. Will you say God first? Will I trust God? Now, please forgive me. I, I know that I've been quite direct in, in some of the things that I, I've been saying here. And I've taken courage from some, even the more direct things that Jesus says, because Jesus says some really direct things when it comes to finances. My, my heart isn't to, um, to, to get loads of money out of you. It's not. My heart is that you might know the Jesus way. You might know the fullness. That we might know the fullness. For when we live as God calls us, when we live as people who are generous, what happens is, and I've seen it in so many people's lives, is they go, you know, when I reorder to honor God first, is my finances just change. I actually am able to give more than I ever thought I could. I'm, I'm one who's helping to contribute towards releasing more of God's blessing on other people. Of when it comes to savings, is actually I've got a, a, some savings there when a washing machine blows up. It's not panic because the way I've ordered my money and, and putting God first, it helps with that way. And life loses that worry and gains more life. See, the heart behind the Jesus way, the heart behind what I'm trying to share, is that you and I might encounter the blessing of God. Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be slaves to someone who isn't a good master. He wants us to be ones who know him and follow him. Let me pray. 
Father, I want to thank you that, that at your heart is blessing. Is that you are a God who, who wants to bring richness. Father, this isn't another consumer thing. Oh, if I, if I cuddle up to God, then everything will work out well. What it is, is, is that we might know you. We may know your presence. We may know your guidance. We may know your comfort. We may know your provision. And Father, I, I want to just confess and say, I'm sorry for the times when I've allowed money to be that, that center place. When money has been that place that, that is, has given me security. When money has been the thing that, that has released me. When I've daydreamed and thought, if only I had all that money, then life would be better. And I've taken my eyes off of you. Father, I hear the words of Jesus. He says, to seek first your kingdom. Father, I pray for those who are listening, those who are in this room, part of our tech team and our worship team. Father, I want to pray that, that we may make those decisions to say, God, you're first, and I will trust you. For some of us who are going, I don't know how that works, and I need some help, that we'll have courage to ask someone just to help walk through rejiggling our finances. For those of us who are maybe in a good position and we're going, no, I'm quite comfortable, thanks very much. Father, I pray that, that you will stir us, that we may, may invest more into the kingdom of heaven. That it may be clear for all to see, for you to see that my treasure is in you because that's where my heart is. For those who are really fearful about tomorrow because of finances, I pray they may get a greater revelation of you, Jesus because you are the one who changes. You are the living hope. You are the one who saves. You are the one who has a plan and purpose that you call us to be part of. I pray, Father, that every person listening now may respond to you and be released into the blessings that you have before them. I pray this in the powerful the releasing, the comforting, the challenging, the blessed name of Jesus. Amen.